This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How are you? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, I am here reporting from sunny Florida, where I am in the midst of my vacation. My wife is down by the pool with our daughter. Um, so <laughs> I am going to be brief. Um, taping a, a quick uh, intro for today's pod with Ian Bagley and some other special guests, just because uh, I got a couple things that I want to um, get out of the way before we get to that conversation, which was very interesting. And Ian gave us um, quite a few little interesting tidbits. Um, first and foremost, um, I never do this, and I feel like I should because, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into this podcast, even behind the scenes. And um, I never, I think, do anything to kind of like help promote it. So, do me a favor. If you're someone who listens to this and you like it, um, rate it on whatever podcast, you know, platform you're, you're listening on. Uh, if you're not a subscriber and you listen all the time, subscribe. Um, write a little review. Um, you know, help us, um, continue to make a name for ourselves because the better and bigger, uh, we get, um, I think ideally, um, we'll get bigger and better guests. And, um, I think everybody would love that. And, and speaking of the work that goes into this podcast, just a big shout out to someone who came aboard as the producer of the pod, um, a few months ago, Andrew Claudio. Um, you probably know him on Twitter. You knew him from the Gotham Sports Network. Um, he actually has a podcast of his own final score with Andrew Claudio. Um, so just want to shout him out. He's been doing just awesome work making the pod sound better and crisper and cleaner and all those things over the last few months. Um, <laughs> that said, he's going to have his work cut out for him today because the, uh, the convo I just recorded with Ian and, um, uh, let's say some special guests, um, the, the sound quality on that one, just cause there were a couple of, uh, phone lines involved, uh, might not be as great as you are usually accustomed to hearing. Um, but it's, it's nothing you can't handle. I promise. So just a, a heads up on that. Um, one more quick one before we get to the, uh, conversation. Um, if you've been a subscriber to the newsletter for a while, well, first of all, if you're not a subscriber to the newsletter, subscribe to my newsletter. It's free. Um, you could find the link on my Twitter bio, um, comes to your, um, inbox uh every weekday uh although i have taken the last three days off to try to recharge my batteries um it'll be in there tomorrow morning thursday or i guess today when you're listening to this um but if you have been a reader to the newsletter for a while 
You'll notice our player spotlight section every day is sponsored by Prediction Strike, which is um, an awesome fantasy sports platform um, that kind of takes a new spin on daily fantasy. I wanted to say, if you kind of gloss over that section, um, keep an eye on it in the coming weeks because I'm going to have a very exciting announcement coming in terms of uh, a contest that I'm working on with the folks at Prediction Strike um, that I think is going to be a lot of fun. And um, I have a feeling a lot of Nick fans and um, just uh, NBA fans in general are going to be looking forward to it and it's going to be a pretty cool thing. So keep an eye out for that. And then uh, is that everything that I wanted to say? I think that's everything that I wanted to say. All right. So um, we're going to get to our conversation with Ian Bagley right after a quick word from our sponsor. You know him because I read this on the last episode of the podcast. Cryofreeze. Living with chronic pain, you know what, guys? It is the absolute worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. My dad is is old. He has chronic pain, and he is an absolute son of a gun to be around. So I could attest that, yes, chronic pain is the worst. Um, many of you probably have some type of pain that has prevented you from relaxing or sleeping or even stopped you from exercising. And it might be a few weeks old or maybe a lot longer than that. And maybe it's not improving with any of the treatments you've tried. So enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately, that's the key word, immediately, while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. It's non-prescription, triple action, pain relief roll-on. It's specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Best part, it's 100% natural CBD-powered remedy. It works its magic within 10 minutes, 10 minutes of application. That's like the best thing ever. And it lasts up to eight hours. So 10 minutes gets you eight hours of pain relief. You can't beat that. Um, This is obviously much better than any over-the-counter product that you're going to get. Um, Omax Health is offering my listeners only 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. The discount also applies towards any product site-wide, so you just got to go to omaxhealth.com today and enter promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. One more time, that is O-M-A-X-Health.com. Enter promo code OVERTIME to get 20% off CryoFreeze and everything else site-wide. Trust me, guys, if, you, if you're if you someone that listens to this and you either have relief or pain that needs relieving or know someone that needs pain relief, this is a great product. Um, PGA pro golfer Kyle Stanley uses this. Um, it's totally legit, and um, I, I know from doing a little research on it on my own that this is uh, this is really good. So one last time, O-M-A-X, health.com. Promo code OVERTIME, 20% off. Yep. All right. uh, We have, well, we have a lot of people on the line right now. Um, The first of which uh, you all know as the preeminent Knicks beat reporter um, in in all the land, and that is, of course, Ian Bagley of SNY. Ian, how you doing? What's up, guys? How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. And and Ian, you have brought with you today 
some friends. And I'm particularly excited about this because we're going to have on this podcast, which has been a biased podcast, a very biased podcast in favor of one Frank Nilakina. We're going to have a long, uh, a long time coming debate um, between myself and Ian. You're going to be the judge, as it were. And our guests today, in addition to Ian, are he's a rapper, he's a ghostwriter, he's an artist. Most importantly, he's a friend of Ian Bagley, and that is Sky Zoo. Sky Zoo, what's up, man? Peace, peace. What's going on, man? And um, and I, and a man that is just known as Bro. Unless you want to add something to that. My man, Bro. My man, Bro. I grew up with just Bro. Lock from the neighborhood, just Bro. That's it. I love you it. You know him. You know him. Bro is like the Bro is the World Wide West of the neighborhood. You know what I mean? You know him. You don't know why. <laughs> important to know him. You know what I mean? Bro is the World Wide West of the hood. Anyone who is who can be um, compared to World Wide West is good people in my book. So, Absolutely. Right. so you guys, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, see me and probably a lot of other folks on Twitter constantly propping up a kid on the Knicks who, let's just say, is not for everybody. Um, and I want to... I kind of want to give you guys the floor to start out with. So I think I know why you guys are not members of, of the Frank Hive, I guess, as it were. But I'm, I want to I want to hear it f- directly from you guys. So I, I want to put words in your mouth. So what what, what you got a problem with Frank for? Like, be honest. I don't think we got enough time. <laughs> <laughs> give me a little bit. Enough time. Um, I mean, the epitome of, of overrated to me. You know, let, let me start out like this. This is not a. A personal thing against Son. I don't know him. I read a story on him uh, when he was first coming out about his upbringing, his family, what he had to deal with. Seems like an awesome dude. Seems like an amazing dude. None of this is personal. This is strictly on the court. Like when I read about him and his family life and how he came up, it was a real story. And and, and I salute and respect it a lot. So this is all just on the court. It's strictly business. Yeah, this is strictly business. Off the court, he can go be a runway model or do whatever he want to do. But <laughs> on the court, nah, it's the epitome of overrated, man. It's it's the to, to me, man. You know, and, and we'll get into it. But I, I oh man, I'm speechless because I got so much to say. I'm no, I, no, I hear, listen, and I I want to say just to to start out, I just did my Knicks report card right going into the All Star break for how okay. they did over the first part of the season. I gave Frank Melkina a C minus, which is below below an average grade. So I'm very surprised. It's like a seventy in school. Yeah, I mean it's passing. It's passing, but it's yeah. it's not a it's not a great grade. And the reason is because he's a third year player. I know he's only twenty one, but I like you, I wanna see more. I think that maybe the difference is that I kinda and and the people that support Frank believe that in time, some of the parts of his game that maybe aren't there right now will will grow and will get better because he's a hardworking kid. He seems like a good kid. He seems like he puts in the time. Um, let me let me turn to bro. Bro, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, do, let me ask you this. Do you think this is what it is for Frank, or you think he could get better if he gets some more time and, and patience with an organization? See this, see, this is where it gets weird because anybody could get better. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, but is he getting better? 
That's the question. It's not can he get better, it's is he getting better. You can't be the same exact player for three years and be getting better. That, see, this is how I look at it. It's like I've, I've seen no improvement. I've seen absolutely no improvement. So what, what am I a fan of? This Scott. is how I look at it. This is my viewpoint. Now, can he get better? Yeah, of course. But what am I? Am I seeing him get better? No. Skies, are you in the same? You in the same boat as bro? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, my my thing with him is that you know the irony of it is he has all these tools. You know, you got a guy that's six five, seven foot one wingspan. The tools are there. You know, it's like it's just not coming together right at all. But the Legion is acting like it's there already. The Legion is acting like, oh, it's almost like if he ties his shoe, he's celebrating. Yo, Frank tied his shoes. He oh don't even God. have to tie him. He could just bend over and he can look at his shoelaces and we, we, we throw you know a party, I mean? man. And no, I know how to Exactly. Is. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm, I'm glad you, you, you realized that. So I was like, yo, we got to have this come to Jesus Not, moment with Macri, man. And yeah. just, just get him a to lot understand of me, it. Because, yeah. Go ahead, bro. See, uh, see, not to cut you off, Scott, but a lot of me feels like that's the problem. Because if he received, I don't want to say hate, but if he received a lot of the backlash that he should for not progressing, that we would get, that I'm not even going to say we, because I'm going to just go for other Nick fans, that other Nick fans will give other people, then I feel like maybe he will be more enthused to get better, but he literally does not. He'll make one or two good defensive plays in the game, make a layup, and oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like, huh? Like, what am I watching right. here? I don't understand what am I watching. I, I sit there, I watch all the things. Go ahead. And, and if it was, if yeah, it was anybody goes, else, if, if, if it was anybody else, would, would this Legion act the same way, right? Like, if this was RJ, would this Legion act the same way? If this was... You know what I mean? Like if it can, was any other player, oh, totally. whether he was a Nick or not, would, would they act the same can way? Can I, I give you... a lot of it is... Yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. Ju- oh, here's my reason, and it's a simple one. I've been a fan since 1993. I'm 36 years old, so, you know, yep, a good portion of my... Boat. There you go. I feel like for most of the last 20 years, we've had player after player after player come through New York looking to get theirs and you know what i mean by that and you can't win in the nba unless you have guys looking to get theirs on your team but you also need guys on your team who don't need to get their own and who are okay with watching everybody around them get theirs and i feel like especially at the point guard position for 20 years mostly i've been watching guys come in and looking how can i get mine right and frank he doesn't do that and then, but that's not, if that was all that it is, then it'd be like, I could do that, right? I could go out there on the court and just be like, all right, you could get yours, you get yours, you get yours. That's not it. It's the fact that he does. And again, this is maybe where we'll disagree. I see a guy who does the little things that lead to winning. And then I look at, you know, I don't know how big a fan you are of like on off numbers, but like I looked at them this morning. The Knicks are better. They're getting outscored by a little bit more than three points, 100, per, 100 possessions on the season with Frank in, with Frank in the game. When he's off the court, that number goes up to nine. That's the biggest difference of anyone on the team. So you, you, I, that's the part where I'm like, well, you can't tell me he's not helping a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, see, this is where on-off gets tricky because on-off doesn't, on-off doesn't measure who's on the court with you. It's, that's why it's noisy. You're right. Measure- Right, Arnold doesn't actually measure who's with the opposing players that's on the court with you as well. Does he play defense? Yeah, he plays defense. But Arnold doesn't measure how much, how well it is. And I know Arnold doesn't matter. Measure, it's a lot of things that Arnold doesn't measure. 
So when it when it comes to those type numbers, it, it's, it's it's tricky. That's why, when, like, when I'm talking about stats per se, it, it, I don't really try. I don't really try to use stats as the the main reason why this person, oh, he's not as good, or he's not this, or he's not that, because it, stats only going to give you a, a better part of the argument. You need the eye yeah, test too. You have to back it up with the eye test. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. At least not not just so, now, the analytics now, and the plus and minus and all that. Right. Now, getting back to your point, right? You said, oh, God's looking to get there. See, a lot of the problem is this, too. And this is what I, I see Nick fans always rush to the defense of the team on Twitter. Oh, this, oh, that. Send as soon as somebody says something, Nick fans rush into their defense. I've had my share arguments with Nick fans, and I've been a Nick fans since, since, since child. Like, it's embedded to me. My grandmother's a Knicks fan. My mother's a Knicks fan. Everybody in my family is a Knicks fan. But the Knicks don't build right. So even if you get a player, they had Steph, they had Marbury, they had Crawford. But then when you fill them in with guys, oh, hey, we got Eddie Curry, and we have this guy, and we have this guy, it, it, it just never blends well. And I, even in the 90s, when we had the greatest run, the team wasn't built. That team wasn't truly built to win. It's just that the 90s was a different style of a basketball, you can bust a boy upside his head and they don't call foul. This is why a lot of it was, oh, all right, great. We had a lot of great ones because we had a lot of tough guys who could play basketball. But when that ever changed, this is when the dynamics of the Knicks changed. Guys, every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. And the vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real, is there ever a crime going on or not. All the alarm company could tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe home security is different. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime, which means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home, outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts um, to anyone or even approaching your house. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. It's everything you could possibly want. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. And best of all, you could either set up the system yourself, no tools needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you. Best of all, it is only 50 cents a day with zero contracts. All you got to do, visit simplysafe.com slash overtime. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose, really. Go now. Be sure to go to Simply Safe with an I dot com slash overtime so they know our show sent you one more time that's s-i-m-p-l-i-s-a-f-e dot com slash overtime well i'm gonna i'm gonna call in ian from the the bullpen here in um <laughs> if you haven't covered this team for as long as you have were to were to um prioritize one type of player or another a guy like frank who Maybe is more little things doesn't pop with the stats or whatnot, or guys who um, are, as I put it, trying to get buckets more. Like I feel like they've always gone the bucket getter route, haven't they? And that that's why me and me and my cohort, so to speak, are, are more supporters of Frank because it feels like they never tried to build with those types of players before. Where, where do you fall in this debate? Well, I think the two things. One. They need some, and this is this person, this player is not easy to find. But you need somebody who's adequate uh, on both ends, um, who gives you something on both ends. And I think one thing with the Frank, a lot of the nuance kind of gets lost on social media in general, and it 
specifically with I, I think uh, the Knicks and the Kina, I think the Frank Hive, so to speak. I think it comes sometimes the discourse comes off as people saying that Frank is going to be something that, you know, we all know he's not going to be. It's like they think it, Frank's ceiling is higher than what it probably is. And then on the other end, uh, so the anti Frank uh, contingent, you know, they, they say, yeah, he can play defense, but what is he doing? What's he doing on offense? Why hasn't he gotten better on offense? So I think, I think there's probably you there's probably more like of a not a common ground, but you guys are less ex, taking less extreme positions than it seems on social media. But I think to answer the question, it's like they need somebody who can do both. They need a guard who can knock down a shot uh, and be a threat. So defenses have to come over on the pick and roll because that would open things up for Mitchell Robinson. But they need that player also to be able to competently defend his position. That that to me is is where you where you start with this team and really any team, but specifically this team um, when you talk about the the lead guard role. Skyzu, I want to thank you, Ian, for that. I, I couldn't agree more. Skyzu, I want to end with you here, and and I want to ask you a simple question: if if starting next year, Frank was going to hit, let's say, some close to forty percent of his threes, and at least at least make more of an effort to get into the lane more than he gets now. Cause that's my biggest knock on him is he plays like the, the paint area is covered in, uh, I don't know, uh, cockroaches or something. Right. Um, right. No, look, I see it too. Um, if he did those two things, would you at least be able to acknowledge like, this is a guy that could help a basketball team for a long time. And I know I'm saying if, but just go with me here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I dig that. I think what a lot of people have to do is realize the role that he should have. Like if you're telling me he's gonna be a point guard off the bench, yeah. you know, and he's just gonna That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. 15, 20 minutes, then cool. You know, 15 minutes, whatever it is, be a defensive stopper, come in and, you know, stop this play, stop that when it's getting down to the wire. Okay, cool. But I think the hive is looking at him to be what a lottery pick is supposed to be because he was a lottery pick. You know what I mean? So the hive is looking at him like, nah, that's that's my starting point guard right there. And I'm like He's nobody's starting point guard. Like, we got to we gotta accept that. You know what I mean? I think once people start accepting who he is, what his role is, what his capabilities are, then maybe it'll be a little easier for people like myself and bro to be like, you know what? Eh, okay. If you know what he is, right? Like, don't say, yo, put him in the starting lineup. He's going to be that guy. He's not. Like, that's even from a confidence level. Like, they like to compare him to Giannis. And Pascal and all these overseas. Yeah, we can't be doing that. that. That's not helping it's anybody. Nah, like Giannis no, but that's that's a lot of the trouble. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They I, say, saw oh, one, Giannis, I saw one. I saw one dude came over and, Yeah, he was dribbling the basketball on the on the. He was dribbling the basketball on the ball. They said, "Oh, watch, he's going to take the Pascal jump this year." And this year, he's the same exact player he was two years ago. Yeah, like he, this, he, these not, are the things that don't help him anymore. Right, he's not going to be that guy. Like just because him and Giannis are both from overseas, he's not going to be Giannis, right? Like Giannis has a different it get, factor. Like just this, give me, you know give me what you said. Give me twenty minutes off the bench. Um, the only thing I'll say is that I think the reason maybe why I know I've called for him to start at times is based on who else is on the roster that should be starting ahead of him. And, I'll and give I, you that. And I even and honestly though, honestly, so I can think, I make a point on that? Yeah, sure. Can I make a quick point on that? Absolutely. This is 
Now, this is something that has to be on him. Not You can't put this on the coaches like I see everybody do, put it on the coaches when it comes to guys like Nash and him. They haven't earned it. So it's like, yeah, they want to put them there, but if you don't earn it, what are you supposed to do? You can't You can't be inconsistent. You can't give me, okay, you know, he played well today. Then tomorrow, oh, he played decent. Then four games in a row, he looked bad. Has so to be consistent. The next game, it looks good. It has to be consistent. Even if he's going to be adequate, be consistently adequate. His um, numbers are too, his numbers <laughs> just they fluctuate too too up and down. Yeah, you can't have fourteen. I, mean, I think six tomorrow, zero the next day. Like you have to be one. You have to be. You have to be able to be consistent at doing something, even I, if it's not the greatest something. Yes. I think consistently adequate would be something that all Nick fans would take for not only Frank Nilakina, but um, for this team, uh, at least in the interim. And then maybe we could have loftier goals uh, after that. No, uh, listen, I'm with yeah. both of you guys. And I agree with you. There are people at the extremes, as Ian said, of this discussion that maybe skew it a little bit. But I, I actually really don't right. think we're disagreeing about all that much. Um, yeah, my first right. thing is I've, I've always, you know, I, I've done interviews in the past and, and said the same thing I'm going to say now. I'm a big proponent of players getting with former players yes. who are similar or could be similar to get them where they need to be, right? 100%. Like, I remember talking to Clyde and, and Clyde being like, yo, no one asked me for help. He was like, none of these players come in here and ask for help. I think he said the only person who came in was Jerry and Grant and like picked his brain one day. He was like, none of these players asked me for help. But I look at it like, you know, when Amari went and got with Elijah Wan. Or, you know, when Dwight Howard got with a large one, that type of thinking could do wonders to so many people. And I look at somebody like a Frank, I'm like, all right, you're six five, six six, you got a seven one wingspan. Yo, somebody needs to call Penny. And Penny was my favorite about- player growing up as a kid. Somebody needs to call Penny. Dude, he was a, he's a former Nick, Nick right? only like, only half a season. Exactly. But and look, Frank Once doesn't have Nick that. Yeah. Frank doesn't Once have that Nick athleticism, but in terms of his game, in terms of filling up the box score across across the, the statue. The tools, yeah. yeah, because of the because the height. Wingspan, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody should call Penny. Somebody, you know, there's certain players that you should call and be like, yo, get him with them two weeks, $100,000, and let this kid get right. Or just have this kid shoot a thousand threes a day. If he's not going to be a point guard, all right, cool, we're going to play you off the ball. You've got to have a lethal, dedicated jumper that makes people afraid. I'm going to so Bruce Boas. Bruce Bowen, actually. Yeah, you know, can I tell you something? Bruce Bowen was the name that came to my mind when when you brought up the idea of leaning on former players. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you guys go, and I'm going to lean on Ian to set up um, a meeting of the minds between Frank Nilakina and Penny Hardaway. Um, I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he has Penny Hardaway's number somewhere in his Rolodex. Um, that you got to get Frank down to Memphis. I'll, I'll pay for the flight. I will. Me and the me and the Frank Hive. We will. We will pool our money together and pay for the flight. Um, <laughs> Tell the Frank point. Hive. I'm, I'm gonna leave you with this, Jonathan. Tell yes. the Frank Hive to not say. At least he's trying. I see a lot of tweets. This ain't middle school, man. No, this ain't middle school. He's trying. No, no, no. Forget all that. No, no. We're done with that. We're done with that. Yo, let me leave you with this. Let me leave you with this. You made you said earlier you was like oh you know they try to go for the guy that get this you know, maybe they should go for this guy they may put a perfect blend of maybe one or two guys who could go and get it a couple of guys who could just go and then the rest of the guys who who do the little things that's where they miss them this is these are the things that New York is missing but hey what do I know 
No, listen, um, I love it. I think that's a good place to end. If it's all right, I want to have both of you guys back on here and we could talk maybe during the summer about uh, some moves we think this team can make because I bet you we'll, we'll agree Absolutely. on some other things as well. Absolutely. All right, guys, both of you guys, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, right, yeah. no problem. Guys, you know what time it is? We got to talk about 4CashSports.com. It is the one-stop shop for all of your DFS and betting insight needs. Um, you know what it is because I've been talking about it for a few weeks. 4CashSports.com goes out and they find all of the most innovative analysis and tips and everything you could possibly want to guide your DFS betting for a particular day. They compile it. It would cost you hundreds of dollars a month. They do it for a low, low price um, of $89.99 per month if you want to sign up for a whole month. And best of all, if you um, want to give it a shot for free, you could enter the code one day. That's number one, D-A-Y. And if you like it, then you enter the code NYX for $25 off that $89.99 per month. So $89.99. Minus twenty five bucks, it's a little less than what fifty five. That's that's a incredible bargain. Um, if you want to just use it one day at a time, you could sign up for a day. You could sign up for a week. It's basically whatever you want. Best part of all, if let's say your DFS didn't go that well on a particular day, as long as you're with ForecastSports.com, you have a chance to win money every single day because they have a nightly contest for a thousand dollars where all you have to do is answer some questions about the biggest game of the day. You're automatically entered into that. So you could win money via their contest. You could win money via their DFS betting insights. It's just all kinds of different ways to win money. Um, don't forget about those codes. Free trial, number one, D-A-Y, and then uh, enter the code NYX if you want to get a month-to-month subscription. And by the way, that um, $25 off will last for the entire life of your subscription with forecastsports.com. So one more time, it's F-O-R-E cashsports.com, F-O-R-E cashsports.com. No credit card required for that free trial, so give it a shot right now. I promise you will not be disappointed. All right, Mr. Begley, um, how are you, sir? Can you give me another doing- another few minutes? Is that all right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Very, definitely. very quickly. I know, obviously, the Oakley decision just came down, which you um, have all kinds of digging on. I just want to hit a couple of your um, recent reports and see if uh, you can elaborate, have any new info and, and what have you. Um, Leon Rose, you were the very first person yeah. to report that the Knicks were looking to go the agent route. Um, so you knew about this before anybody. Have you? Thank you. I mean, listen, I I keep receipts. So, you you know, (laughs) it is what it is. Appreciate it. Do you have any sense about if this was anything more than, hey, look, it's worked for Golden State and the Lakers. Uh, I, James Dolan, am going to do this too. Was there more to this line of thinking? Was this always about Leon Rose and the whole agent thing was a smokescreen? Can you give us any more where any of that's concerned? You know what? I think uh, there were a couple things here. One was the pursuit of Masai Ujiri and the idea that there had been kind of, uh, and I guess an, it was an educated guess that the price for Ujiri, both I think in salary and in compensation to the Raptors to get him out of his contract was deemed too large. And I think that was the first kind of domino 
I think that fell. And then along those lines and, and the Knicks kind of setting up different scenarios, if things didn't work out for Ujiri, um, the, the appeal of, of bringing an agent based on what you mentioned, the success uh, in places like Golden State and more recently with the Lakers. Um, I think that was, was part of the thinking with bringing an agent in. And, you know, I just, I still haven't really been able to nail down definitively the timeline on this whole thing because it's still strange to me um, that Mills is fired a couple of days before the trade deadline. And then, you know, the Leon Rose news starts to leak the morning of the trade deadline. And, and, and we have that night uh, a home game, the next first home game since their last home game, which included chance of fans uh, saying that Dolan mm-hmm. should sell the team. So what I a coincidence. What I a coincidence. That idea that that played a role into the timing here. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but, you know, based on past history, I think it's fair to at least speculate about that. Um, I think that's more than fair. Um, Scott Perry, um, if you were a betting man, which I know you're not, do you think Scott Perry has uh, Scott Perry has a role one way or another in this organization um, come, let's say, two and a half, three months from now? I think that, you know, if, if there is a role there, it's I don't think it's a general manager. I think. If, if there's a role there, it's it's a different role, maybe, a, you know, a, a top scouting role or overseeing the scouting role, uh, because there is a relationship there between Scott Perry and Leon Rose. Uh, it dates back for a long time. Both guys have been in the league forever. Um, you know, they worked together on the Carmelo Anthony trade when Scott was brought in kind of midway through those negotiations and kind of put a halt on them with Houston. And then eventually they get the deal done with OKC. So I say all that to say there's a relationship there. And I think there's a mutual respect there. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Scott Perry was and had a role in this organization. I would be a bit surprised if Scott uh, was the general manager next year. Speaking of the GM, you also reported a few days ago that Rich Cho was a name to watch. Um, I didn't even realize that Cho worked, um, albeit briefly, I think, with Perry. Uh, They were both in Seattle at the same time. Um, is that just, um, is that just kind of based on Cho's relationship with Rose or is there anything more to that than, you know, um, kind of connecting the dots, so to speak? You know, it's, it's people connecting those dots. It's people who have kind of, uh, a, a, a keen interest in the way things go over here, connecting those dots and saying that, you know, Leon Rose and Rich Cho are close and like Rose has a, uh, a great deal of respect for Cho. And I don't know like what, if there were discussions and I assume that, that he's going to get some consideration, Rich Cho, but I, I don't know specifically ro- what role that would be in um, just, just to clarify there. And then, you know, so as far as would Rich be the GM, you know, that's something that people have speculated about. Again, these people who are keenly uh, watching how things unfolds here because they have a vested interest in it. Um, <laughs> but it's just, you know, until Leon puts pen to paper and, and, you know, introduces himself to Nick fans, I think it's premature to kind of uh, try to figure out, you know, uh, where he's going with GM, where he's going with the head coach. But it is logical at the same time to say, well, he has a close relationship with this executive, he has close relationships with these coaches. So it would surprise people if these people were not given consideration uh, to join the Knicks under Rose. 
Um, speaking of coaches, um, it certainly feels like to me that Tibbs is the leader in the clubhouse, just again, based on what you just said, the initial kind of connecting the dots. Um, do you think they're, and I only got one more after this. I'm going to get you out of here. Do you think they're going after a name first and then worrying about other stuff later? Or do you think they're, they will surprise us and kind of take a more, um, big picture view like this is the very best coach for this job type of deal you know i think it it has to be someone who leon is comfortable with right because to me the key and i'm not saying telling you anything you don't know or fans anything you know the key to this whole thing is to have the coach the general manager the team president the owner fully aligned rowing in the same direction so yes you of course want the best coach uh, maybe it's a young up and coming coach. You want the best tactician. You want the best coach to that can uh, relay his message effectively to players. Toe the line between uh, you know being a, a disciplinarian and also being able to connect with players. You want all those things, but that coach also has to be able to coexist effectively with the team president and the general manager. So um, I think though it's easy like to kind of say. Well, you know, Coach X is is the hot name and he's clearly the best coach. So, you know, why don't the Knicks just go and get him? And in a perfect world, that's what would happen. But I think relationships are so important um, to the success of an organization, the ultimate success of an organization that the coach's relationship with Rose, whether he has one or, or doesn't have one. And if he doesn't have one, how it could develop over time is an important factor. Last one. Um, I just had Sean Farmer, who you worked with at SNY on uh, a couple of videos this year um, for an awesome conversation two days ago. And we talked about like the young players on the roster and how maybe um, this regime has not uh, fully embraced them as much as they needed to to really, you know, do development right, uh, at least by NBA standards. I, I'm just curious. You talk to not only people within the Knicks, but you talk to other NBA teams as well. Do you ever get a sense of league-wide opinion as to whether New York is kind of approaching, you know, developing their kids the right way? Or is there more what my perception is that kind of a a league-wide opinion like, yeah, those guys don't really know what they're doing over there? Or maybe does it fall somewhere in between? Um, People that I've kind of polled – and this was probably months ago when I was having these conversations. So just, just to, to send that out as a caveat, um, they, you know, they, some of them felt that David Fisdale was going to be in a tough position coming into the season because of the, the two pronged, um, you know, path that he was on having to win games and develop players and those coaches. And I think it was maybe three of them. Uh, assistant coaches who were involved in player development. Yes, I remember that, that piece. You need to, you need guys to play. I mean, that's the best tool is learning and, and developing on the court and in games. But I don't think that's a universal opinion. Um, clearly it isn't. So I think in a general sense, uh, if you, if you talk to, you know, eight, 10 coaches about the next player development system, you know, I think they they have a degree of respect for the people in the building, the assistant coaches on staff. But I think they would also point out what are the results? What are your success stories? 
And there haven't been many of them here. And that's kind of the bottom line, how you look at this thing. So uh, regardless of whether the approach is sound and, and, and regardless of, of whether the, the long-term vision makes sense, you have to see some results. You see it in other places and you haven't, by and large, seen it in a significant way here yet. And so I think that's the general feel um, around the league. But everyone has different opinions and everyone has different approaches to these things. So I don't think there's a there, there's one uh, infallible theory to player development. Um, but from a, from the Nick perspective, I think that the, the results uh, haven't been there by and large. Um, yeah, which gets us back to Frank Nilakina, and after that conversation and, and the repeated mentions of Frank Hive. I think I need to dress as a bumblebee for <laughs> Halloween um, this this upcoming October. Ian, um, I can't thank you enough for being so generous with your time on uh, what has turned into a busy news day. Um, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll catch you at the garden soon. Hey, great. Always great to be with you. Thank you for being so gracious and Allow me to bring my buddies on to have that fun conversation about Frank. I'm going to have uh, them back oh, on. I like those they're, guys. They're good guys. They're <laughs> good guys. I'm glad that happened. And thank you for for giving the time and the space for that. It's always great to talk next with you. Always a pleasure, man. I'll talk to you soon. Be well. Sounds good. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.